good Mexican food comes from like Mexican hands. People who are and they don't even need to have to be like from Mexico, like city or Monterey. Just being from Mexico gives you. We share like a certain uh, sazon that is like the way you prepare things that makes them this like different from anyone else. I'm your host, Dee Dee Madigan, and you're listening to another episode of Home Plates. This week on the podcast, we are talking all about a cuisine that you should be very familiar with. We are talking about Mexican food. My guest this week breaks down some misconceptions about Mexican food, explains how to make cheese, and then shares a very interesting birthday tradition. Don't forget to subscribe. We are on iTunes, Google Play, TuneIn, and Stitcher. New episodes are released every Wednesday. Stay tuned. You're listening to another episode of Home Plates. Welcome back to another episode of Home Plates. I'm Dee Madigan, and today we're going to talk all about Mexican food. In the studio with me is Juliette, and uh, she's from Monterey. She's going to share all her wonderful knowledge about Mexican food. Juliette, would you like to introduce yourself a little bit? Oh, my name is Juliette Medina. I'm from Monterey, Mexico, originally, but I live currently most of my life also in Brazil and then besides that I was living in New Jersey before I came here. So I feel like with Mexican food it's so familiar to us in the U.S. you know we have our own uh, ideas and preconceptions of what Mexican food is but I know as with most ethnic food what we think of a certain food is very different than like what it actually is. Would you like to maybe want to just like dive into maybe some common misconceptions of Mexican food that you found over the years? Well, some common misconceptions like, well, first, I don't like the idea when people call tacos, the ones that have like the fry tortilla, Mm -hmm. that's just not right. (laughs) It doesn't feel right. I'm so sorry. You're supposed to use like a soft tortilla for that. And also... A common misconception is that all Mexican food is spicy, when actually it's not. One of our traditional dishes, for example, is the mole. And it's basically like chicken skimmer over a chocolate-based chili sauce. It's not spicy at all. It's sweet. And also, even though we like spicy stuff, not all of our peppers or chilies are spicy. Some of them have nutty flavor in it, which gives a good, like, different flavor to our dishes. We also... I have seen people that think that our, f- our food is fried a lot, but we like more saute in our plates instead in because we don't like the too oily. That's something that we are like not a fan of. I feel like Mexican food here is like most known for burritos and tacos and enchiladas. So can you talk about, I was reading, I was doing a little research on Mexican food about how like burritos like aren't even that that common in Mexico. It's more common in Northern Mexico. Uh, Would you mind talking about the food in different regions of Mexico and how they differ? Because it is a big country, so. 
Yeah, it mostly depends on the, the region, as you said, because as m more south you go, or more to the like the coast is more like seafood based, and you have more things like tapas. Tapas are like in Spanish plate also, where you have like kind of a piece of bread, like small, and then you have ceviche on top. That's basically like tomatoes sliced and like a little bit of fish, or it's just like something fresh for your like palate. And the more northern you go, and center is more meat kind of based because we don't have the access to the food like in the sea. What would you say distinguishes food from Monterey from the rest of Mexico then? I, I feel so proud of our meat, to be honest. <laughs> like, our main dish, especially in Monterey, is cabrito. It's like a baby goat cooked slowly in charcoal fire, which gives it like a smoke flavor. And also the arrachera is a cut of steak that's really common for us and it's really tender. So meat is like our main thing. Yeah, I was reading that. That sounds very good. Now, do you like marinate the meat at all or you like just add like, do you add any spices when you like are cooking this meat usually or is it just sort of by itself? It's usually marinate because that's what it gives him like, uh, so when you cook it, it might be dried. So you need to something to rehydrate the meat. And I know people who like it dry and then they put at the side something like uh, beans because we also like a lot of beans and we have different ways to cook them. Mm -hmm. We have um, borrachos. That's basically like beans good with beer, <laughs> literally. <laughs> and borracho means drunk. So oh, that's where it comes from. I actually didn't know that. Yeah. <laughs> that explains why a lot of Mexican bars, I feel like, are named that, right? Yeah. Okay, that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, because you got to get drunk. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. What else? We also like to cook a lot of our meat with rice, something we like share with other cultures. But we like it to be like orange. For that, we make a, like a tomato sauce. I love Mexican rice. It's so good. <laughs> I was actually having... Uh, a debate with a friend I don't like I don't know what a traditional burrito is maybe you can expand on that in a All little right. bit but yeah. we were debating if like rice belongs in a burrito or not do you have any strong feelings about that well the burritos I have had in my life in Mexico the way they differ especially here is that they're small I have seen like <laughs> just because also it's fast food here for us is there's not like either fast food or a dish you usually eat it's more like a if you feel hungry but you don't want to eat a whole meal, you just eat it like a snack. Mm. And they're usually like small in proportion. So you can have rice, but you don't usually do that. It's okay. just basically like meat with vegetables. Okay. Because I was reading too, was this was an interesting thing. I don't know if you know much about this, but how uh, the burritos that like we are really familiar with, the like super oversized ones with like literally everything you can imagine stuffed into them, they're called mission style burritos and that they're actually from like San Francisco. Yeah, like as you were saying, like burritos were originally like not massive and overloaded with like everything you can imagine in them. But uh, that developed in San Francisco for whatever reason. But uh, yeah, I thought that was interesting. Yeah, uh, something I, I do know about that is that like burritos, uh, they start in the north, the northwest area from Mexico. And the thing is that since they were really like easy kind of to eat, mm -hmm. because yeah, you stuff something like a tortilla and then just eat it. 
uh, they came really like a sensation here in the United States. And then I don't know how it actually overdeveloped to this massive <laughs> amount of like this over and like no, that's not a burrito. <laughs> but yeah, like it was like for us, it's common to be small, but it, I don't know how it transcended <laughs> to this level right now. But it came to popularity here in the United States. Yeah, maybe it was probably like, okay, how do we appeal to Americans? Make it bigger. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, it makes sense in that way. What What was uh, What did you grow up eating then in Monterey? Um, I grew up eating mole, also pozole. Pozole is like kind of a stew, which it has meat on it. It can, but it doesn't necessarily has to have spice like chili or peppers uh, because you can eat it anywhere to be honest it's like a common dish in all mexico i also grew up eating quesadillas synchronizadas so synchronizadas is kind of like the sister of the quesadillas (laughs) (laughs) because you basically have a tortilla you put and you're frying it in a pan then you put cheese ham cheese and then another tortilla so it's like Mm. making a sandwich yeah but it's really good, really good. Also, I grew up eating uh, miguitas. Miguitas is like a breakfast dish. Okay. And as you can see, basically, most of our dishes have tortillas. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, also, something that kind of conflicting is that in North Mexico, it's more common to eat flour tortilla than corn tortilla. But I love corn tortilla. <laughs> like, that's my thing. And for miguitas, basically, what you do is I prepare a tomato sauce. And you put, you start frying some tortillas, but you have to like tear them apart. Uh-huh. And then you put the sauce and then you put egg. Then when you start cooking the egg, you wait a little bit, don't let it like overcook, and you put cheese. Sounds very good. Yeah. Is that kind of like, it's kind of like chili killies then? Similar, kind of, yeah. not as tried as, I feel like chili killies have a lot in them, more in them. Yeah. Well, the thing is that with chili killies, you have to fry the tortilla by itself. Oh, then okay. you make the sauce, and the sauce has to be spicy. Oh, okay. And we have two kinds of chilaquiles. We have green and red. The color matters. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> like, if you want to, quote-unquote, not suffer as much, <laughs> you go with the green. <laughs> if you like the like, good hot sauce, you go with the red one. Okay. Which also is one of our typical dishes when you get, like, our hangover. Oh, okay. Because the one of our beliefs is that the best cure to cure, like, cure hangovers <laughs> is, like, it's something really spicy. Oh. Because it's, like, it revives yourself from eating, like, the chalk and brings you, like, to being sober again. And okay. that's just a common dish. Like, whenever you're drunk, uh, something common is for the abuelitas. The grandmas <laughs> be like, here you go, my son. Eat this. <laughs> they know what's up. Yeah, they know. <laughs> Okay, and then I have to get some, I want to know your thoughts about Mexican restaurants around Seattle. I'm sure you've probably done some exploring, and then do you have, like, any uh, recommendations for places to go to, to stay away from? Um, I haven't been much over in Seattle. Okay. But from my experience, for example, when I came to the U.S. and I came to New Jersey with my father, he literally took me in one week to all the Mexican restaurants he could <laughs> found. And I was like, Dad, why would you do this to me? And personally, I can say that there are good Mexican places. But for example, I don't have much of against like, friendship like Chipotle and Taco Bell. 
but I disagree so much with them. <laughs> like, you can't say that this fried thing with so much, like, grease and oil is Mexican. That's just not right. There might be some things that I couldn't cook, but I disagree so much with they call it Mexican. <laughs> A way to know if it is good Mexican food is people in the kitchen. If they're speaking Spanish, you know what's up. <laughs> because good Mexican food comes from, like, Mexican hands. People who are... And they don't even need to have to be like from Mexico, like city or Monterey. Just being from Mexico gives you. We share like a certain uh, sazon that is like the way you prepare things that makes them this different from anyone else. And that's how you know. Like really, I've been in only one restaurant here that uh, near the app that serves Mexican food, and I was suspicious at first because like. All the, all the place looks Mexican. Like, even the uh, the tables and seating, I don't remember the name. It's like you go up the app, and it's the first place you will see at the right. It's near the one that looks like it has a lot of colors, pink, yellow, blue. Oh, oh okay. They have, do they have pupusa? Pupusa? Yeah. yeah, yeah is that yeah. the one that they... Yeah, the one. Okay, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, that, that place is good. And the way that we knew, like, the food was going to be good is that the first thing we hear when we come in is someone speaking Spanish. And it wasn't even, like, the lady in the front. It was the people cooking. They were talking, like, hey, do this, and don't forget about tortillas. And they were doing everything by hand. Like, that's how you know the quality is good. <laughs> and what, did you, what do you like to get there? Papusa. Okay. And there are kind of something that we share is, like, they can resemble sopes. And they're basically, like, a thick tortilla with toppings on top or sometimes there can also be doing like gorditas that's basically also a thick tortilla but instead of being on top it's inside so you have like a you can see it as a sandwich but instead of being cut in half it's just like a pocket what about uh places to get tacos have you found any places that no no, no? so you, have you been to tacos chukis yeah. No. Have you not been there? Oh my god, no. That's the one that everyone says is like the best, I feel like. I feel like you would be a good judge though of that. I will, ju- <laughs> I will definitely judge that. They have one in Capitol Hill and it's like, it's kind of hidden away. Mm-hmm. But uh, they they have like tacos al pastor and they've got carnitas and I don't know, they've got like a very simple menu and like they have crank out tacos because it's a very popular place but you should check it out maybe i'll definitely judge that i love tacos al pastor i i love them too like i did not discover them i actually went to school in southern california and that's where i discovered like i hadn't been having good mexican food up here i feel (laughs) like i was like this is definitely a step up and i tried tacos al pastor and i was just like whoa this is delicious. Do you want to explain what uh, tacos al pastor? Um, tacos al pastor basically are like so you cook the meat in a vertical. It's like a, a ro- like you you know like it's like the shawarma places. You know this big meat on the stick things. Yeah. yeah, and they rotate. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's a vertical roaster. Yeah, and I love them. Basically, <laughs> you put the meat there and you just let it cook by itself as you rotate. And something really common for us is that we put the pineapple on top of the meat as they cook. So when you want the tacos, we just slice it and the pineapple falls in. And then we also add, it depends if you want it to be like all the way. We put cilantro, cebolla, that's onions, 
and peppers and then sometimes guacamole on top it's really good oh i love the pineapple on top it just makes like that taco so good i don't know if you like know that i like i was reading about tacos off the store and how they're actually like kind of a recent taco like invention so i was reading that there are a bunch of uh lebanese immigrants to mexico and you know because it's like the way that like you know it's cooked roasted like on a stick it's like shawarma and so they brought that basically with them and tacos off a store were born in like the 60s i think so yeah so i thought that was interesting that was cool but uh yeah so no good taco places what about uh any mexican bakeries because i feel like mexican uh uh bakeries like desserts and stuff are very good yes they're too good you you might get fat (laughs) i'm sorry for that but yeah, we love sweets too. And also w- one thing that we share in Mexico is that our traditional like main uh, desserts are sweet. But right now we have a lot of Mexican candies also <laughs> that are like spicy. There's a lot of YouTubers who have make channels about like, hey, this is spicy, blah, blah, blah. And that's just because our culture promotes it so much. But for our bakeries, we have so much things. I love conchas. They're basically like a sweet bread that has like sugar on top in dif- like squares. And we have different colors. It's kind of different flavors. <laughs> we have vanilla, chocolate, and sometimes strawberry. Isn't that, that one is not that common because okay. we don't usually eat like fruit-like with bread. But then again, we have things <laughs> like, oh God, no, <laughs> no. Like, for example, one of my favorite sweet breads is the Rosca de Reyes. That's like a bun of the kings in English. That's for a holiday. But it's basically like a, a big bun with a hole in the middle. And it has like uh, cherries and then dried fruits on top as decorations. And it's covered in sugar. <laughs> I've had the conquas uh, you were talking about before and they're so good. Like, you see them and you're kind of like, I don't know, like, it's like a lot of sugar, but so good. <laughs> I, like, when we were, like, in Mexico on vacation, there was, like, a buffet and they had chilaquiles and, you know, those conquest shells. And yeah. I would have chilaquiles and just the sweet bread for breakfast. <laughs> and it was just, like, so, so unhealthy, but, like, it's so good. <laughs> Since you mentioned the holidays, do you want to talk about holiday foods? Yeah. So is that what are some of the major holidays and I guess the food traditions that go with them? Rosca de Reyes, it's celebrated on January 6th. And basically it's to celebrate when the three wise men came uh, to worship the Lord. And what we have is like these massive, and I mean massive, because when you go to the malls, it's such a traditional uh, dish. And we all love it so much that the mall itself cooks one for all the people who go. And we have like, for example, I know that there's a mall here near Seattle. You can imagine that like three times they cook the donut to be that long. <laughs> like it's longer than one of the parking lots here. It's like viewed up. Wow. And everyone gets a piece and it just like vanish into hours. <laughs> so good. But the thing is that, so the way it works is that all of the Rosca de Reyes have a small like Jesus inside them and is to rep- the things that that represents how the Holy Family had to flee from Hira's uh, massacre of the innocents. 
because he had decreed that all the males had to be killed because he was afraid of a new year to be king and dethrone him. And the thing is that when you eat that in your family, whoever gets Jesus in their peace, it's supposed to be blessed. But there's a catch in here. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> in, in our Mexican culture, whoever gets a Jesus is so blessed that it has to give back. That's the catch. <laughs> so in February 2nd, Dia de la Candelaria, or Candleman in English, someone has to host a dinner. And I feel so sorry for that person. <laughs> because as you may know, Mexican families are huge. <laughs> so you have to host the family, like the dinner for the whole family and sometimes neighbors too. Oh. And you are supposed to provide the tamales. <laughs> the atole. Atole is a corn base with maize dough beverage and also champurrado that's similar but with chocolate it sounds weird but it's good i swear <laughs> and yeah like you have to host the whole thing how many people would you estimate on average then would be at one of these dinners more than 20 okay more than 20 okay speaking for my family we're like around 35 okay so you're cooking a feast, basically. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you want to talk about tamales? Because I feel like they are very delicious, and I would like to know more about what you think of them. I love tamales. <laughs> They're so good, but so bad at the same time. <laughs> because, like, for example, talking from my family, uh, when my grandmother was still here, she would cook them for all my family, and she would use, like, pork, but like the grease of the pork, which makes it so much rich on the flavor. And you will basically like cook the, ma- the maize to be like the what you wrap around. And you, you have seen the corn leaves that we use to wrap it around afterwards. And it's so much meat. Yes. So we have different flavors as well. We do like chicken, for we even have a veggie kind of because we also have like a vegetarian like community around mexico even though people think that's not possible because (laughs) we are so like meat eaters and we respect that so for example my sister she's a vegetarian which i respect a lot (laughs) and for us is that like you will cook the wrap and make the like all the mass by hand and when you do like when you have all the mass already wrapped and uh, just like flat on the table, you put the actual like pork on it as your sauce, <laughs> and then you pull the meat, and then you just roll it up, put the corn on top, roll it up again, and then just let it cook in the oven. It might take a lot of time though, because you need to be like in a certain temperature. It also depends of the power of your oven. Yeah, but it's really really good, and it's not that hard. Okay. Okay. <laughs> uh, so do you cook a lot then? Yes. Okay, cool. Uh, what do you like to cook? Do you want to give some cooking tips for people who want to maybe uh, try cooking Mexican food? Maybe an easy recipe to start with or something like that? Mm-hmm. I'll say miguitas is the easiest thing you can do. Okay. Because something that you might see in every Mexican household, and it's just because our abuelitas are really like into it is that we don't cook safely <laughs> and i'm so sorry for anyone who sees us because like when i was in cooking classes they were like okay never use your hands to do this and i'm like that's the first thing i do with my grandma <laughs> you're supposed to never like put your hands in the 
in the pen or anything. And I'm like, that's what we do. <laughs> we just don't care. <laughs> because, like, when we cook, like, the tortillas to do, like, miguitas or enchiladas or anything, we have, we taste it. We test it, and especially my family, like, put in our hand and see, like, <laughs> if it is hot. <laughs> that's how we know. Never try this at home, though. But, yeah, like, the way to go is just starting by doing, like, small breakfast. Our breakfast dishes are really simple. Really, really simple. Okay. And just talking from the Miguita's perspective, because that's really, I think that's the easiest dish you will ever see for us in Mexico, is that you only need to, like, chop if you don't want to tear apart the tortillas, put it with oil, let it, like, burn a little bit, or, like, bubble, and then put the egg, put the tomato sauce, and just let it cook. Okay. Like, that's the easiest thing you want to do. And then do you add cheese? Yeah. What kind of cheese? We have so many cheeses <laughs> in Mexico. We have Oaxaca, uh, Fresco. I'm, I'm pretty sure we have more than five. Because something that's really common for us, especially in the north, is that we have a lot of cattle and also like sheep. So we try to mix different varieties. For example, I personally grew up in a farm before I moved to the city. Oh, okay. So we will make all our cheese by hand. Oh, wow. So you'll learn how to do like, the techniques. And we have all different kinds of, and one of my favorites is Oaxaca. And that's basically the, the one you want to use for anything okay. that is, like, in a pan because it melts. Like, for example, the queso fresco is more, like, uh, coated or that's the kind of cheese you want to, like, for crackers because it won't melt no matter what. Okay, so you guys made your own cheese? How can you just like walk me through that process? Because <laughs> I really want to know. I love cheese so much, and I've always wanted to try to make cheese. So I really want to know. How do you make cheese? Oh boy, it's been ages. But well, basically, we first have to get the milk from the cow, right? Okay, yes. I will never do that because <laughs> I am so afraid of cows. Like I respect them, I eat them. I just no. <laughs> My sister will do that, and then we will do like. So how do you learn? Or do you remember, like, how butter is made? That you have, like, to put it in a bowl and then you just start, like, <laughs> pulling it up and down with a stick until it just, like, slowly becomes, like, ferment. Oh, okay. So it's similar to the process, but for us, or at least the way my family will do it, is that we will put it all together and then my aunt, my family's so big, I don't even know. <laughs> Like we have those, we have those family trees that are okay. Is the sister of your cousin that is the cousin of your mother? I'm like okay, so that's so out of me. So you basically either call like someone older aunt or if he's younger like prima. That's okay. basically how it goes. And my aunt will basically be like okay. So you already have the milk. Okay, we were gonna do this with the cheese. We're just gonna be, like kind of butter it for a long time. It usually takes around like three days. And it also depends of the size of how much you're working on and the kind of cheese you want to make. For example, our basic cheese is cheese that doesn't usually melt. It's just like crackers. That's the most uh, I can relate with. And it will take us like three days, continue butter, and then just let it like rest for a bit. That's awesome, though. I feel like you probably don't... I, f I feel like since you've had a homemade cheese, you can't turn back. Nothing is going to... Taste the same. Taste the same, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But then again, I was really young when I was doing that. Okay. Like, okay. afterwards, I moved around, like, when I was four-ish, maybe five. And then I was, like, already, like, in kindergarten. 
So if you were to take a friend to back to Monterey, where would you, what like restaurants would you like, or places to eat, would you have to take them to, to like give them the full Monterey experience? I will definitely take them to Las Enchiladas Cumbres. That's just like a kind of Mexican franchise. Like that's just like, what would you kind of consider like partially fast food, partially just a restaurant, but I grew up knowing the owner oh, and, okay. the, and the food is like our traditional di- dishes and we have flautas, enchiladas, sopes, like all of the basic Mexican dishes you will see. And I love their tacos. <laughs> I so seriously love their tacos. I will also take them to Pioneros, that's in Leones. And it's like a typical Mexican, like meat related. They have good like steak cuts and all of different uh, steak dishes because we love steak <laughs> so much. And one of like, we love sirloin. That's m- kind of a little bit harder than arrachera. That's more tender but it's rich in flavor. Uh, I will also take them to La Embajada. La Embajada is more like of a fancy restaurant, but it's, it also has like good Mexican, uh, I will say like homemade dishes, but it's more like if you want to be in a reunion and be your family for a celebration of like something really good happened, there will be like good place to go. And if you were gonna cook a meal for them, what would you cook? I will probably make Chiles rellenos. Oh, okay. And because that's just like, you need to eat this. <laughs> and chiles rellenos is basically like a pepper. And we take the inside out because you, something that people think that is the right thing to eat, a pepper, is that you just eat it. But that's how you like burn your <laughs> tongue. You are going to die. That. You have to avoid eating the seeds. The seeds are what have like the actual spice that make this pepper hot. So we take that out, and then we put meat and chili, like not a spicy chili, like just a sauce on it, and cheese. And then we just let it cook by itself. You have to roll it up in like uh, foil paper and put it in the bare flame. Oh, yeah, that sounds good. Oh, wow, I'm hungry now. <laughs> I'm actually going to San Diego with uh, my roommate uh, for spring break and I am very excited to uh, have some Mexican food down there because I feel like it should be pretty good. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, to be honest, the southern you go here in the United States is quote-unquote the best Mexican you're gonna get because it's close to us. Yeah. And the closer we, like you are to us, the closer we are to be there as like chefs. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Oh, oh, um, street food. Is there, like, a big street food culture in Monterey? Not as much as it is here. Like, we do have... It just started, though. We didn't have okay. food trucks. Like, it wasn't common for us, the concept of having, like, a bus carrying food around and be like, hey, do you want this? Yeah. Uh, something that's really common for us is the elotero, like, the corn man. Oh. is basically oh. a man who goes, like, in, like, in a small... And it's not even a car. It's just, like, a bicycle attached to, like, a small like holding yeah it's like uh, the hot dog stands in like new york right yeah it's kind of like that and he's just selling corn and basically you will know he's close by because they have a like a specific horn <laughs> and they're just like honking and they're like el lotero and we all love it so much <laughs> and then we have okay so something that's really typical for us in Monterey 
I think especially in Monterrey, is elote preparado. Basically what this is, is that you go, you can even have it with an eltero, is that they will have chips. We have tostitos, the spicy kind. <laughs> you always go spicy with that. There's no way to go not spicy. And then you put the chips, cut them back in half, you put the corn, then you put melt cheese, like oh. from nachos. Then you put like mayonnaise, uh, lemon, oh. a little bit of salt. And then some people even add some like more sauce to it, red sauce, or I haven't seen, we don't have sriracha, okay. but I know some people that put sriracha in it. And then you just mix it all together oh, and you what? eat it. That sounds so good. Oh, yeah. That's like the ultimate sort of like junk food. I feel like. <laughs> well, that does remind me though of like the the segment I like to call drunk food and junk food. So, uh, you mentioned chili gillies as a great hangover food. Yeah. Are there uh, any other foods that after a night out you really like having, or is a typical drunk food? It is typical drunk food, but. I'll- also, like, huevos rancheros that, but, like, all obviously with salsa are good to go. Basically, what these are is, like, egg. Uh, you cook the egg, but you don't let the, like, yolk pop. And it's like a fried egg. Mm-hmm. And then you can either put beans on the bottom, and then we obviously use tortillas, because why not? <laughs> and so the huevo ranchero, the specific name, comes from how you cook the egg. But then you can you add all the other elements, and then you put the red salsa on top. Any others? Both. Mm. Churros. <laughs> That's junk food, though. <laughs> we love them. Because they're a dessert, but you can basically have churros whenever you want. And we, we like, it just started recently, like, two years ago. So we now also have a man that goes around selling the churros. Churro, the churro man. Yeah, the churro man. <laughs> and we have it different ways also. Like, the common churros have, like, a hole in the middle, and then you put the filling inside. But now something that's really, I don't know how or why, is that instead of having the hole, you have the whole churro, and then you just dip it. Oh, okay, I see. Interesting. Which do you prefer? I prefer the one that has already the filling inside. Okay, yeah. Less work, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Less messy. Yeah. Yeah, I remember in Southern, like, because when I was in Southern California for school, I, like, local Southern Californians would be like, yeah, and the taco man came to, like, you know, my birthday party. We hired a taco man for, like, my graduation party. And I was like, what are you, what are you talking about? What do you mean a taco man? Like, what, like, a food truck? They're like, no, like, the taco man. And I was like, What? And explain to me, they're like, yeah, you like call up the taco man and then he literally comes and just like has like a bunch of stuff and he just like makes tacos for your party or whatever. I was like, that's like weird, but also genius at the same time. <laughs> like, I remember I went to a concert and then I like we walk, I walk out and like there's this van, like literally just like a van, like a truck, like and these guys like have set up like it's a taco. It's like a taco van car. And I was just like what and i didn't have any cash with me and i was like no i want a taco so bad they were just like literally selling it out of the back of the van for like a buck i was like oh my god this is i'm gonna miss i like i'm that's the only part of southern california i really miss is the mexican food i'm gonna be honest oh my god yeah that's actually a thing for us like i remember growing up and celebrating like for us in sixth grade 
you pass the junior high, that's seventh grade, eighth grade, ninth grade. We have like a prom thing. Oh yeah. But some schools, uh, or most of schools, don't promote the prom. It's just like the moms who organize <laughs> the stuff, and I'm like, obviously the moms, yeah. they have the power. Don't mess with them. Moms, like Mexican moms, are scary. I know. But the thing is that one of my friends was leaving to Venezuela. And he hosted, and we were like having like a party. It was in his house, everyone has fun. And then we just see like this random truck coming back, and I'm like, what's this? And people like, like two men going on, putting stuff down. And then I just saw the vehicles too, and I'm like, that's for pastors. <laughs> that's tacos at pastor thing. <laughs> and they start making tacos for everyone. And they had like everything. We were like more than 20 people. And they were right, they had cilantro, guacamole. Pico de gallo, that's uh. such a good thing to add. And we kind of, like, run all of their food out. <laughs> like, we were so hungry and so many. And then from there on, I remember going to different, like, parties, and they will always be a taco man. I think that should just be a universal thing. Like, I haven't, like, you can, like, get a food truck to come to your event here, but, like, it's not the same, I feel like, you know? Yeah. Just having a dude, like, be there to, like, make tacos for your event. That's genius. So we are coming to the end of the podcast. And I always like to end with a question of, uh, do you have a favorite food memory that you would like to share? So a time that just made you really, really happy of eating food. It doesn't have to be Mexican food. Just, like, a memory that has to do with food. I love I hated it, but I love it because I, it makes me laugh nowadays. My first kind of birthday party, but it isn't as because I was in it was my birthday. No, so we have a thing in Mexico with basically that whoever you sing the happy birthday song to people, and we have something called mordida bite. So the way it goes is that the birthday boy, birthday girl, basically has uh, is in front of the cake and. People behind you who love you so very much take your head and smash it on the cake because you have to bite it in order to give permission to everyone else to eat it. <laughs> and it's the most fun thing to do. Like, I remember when it happened to me, first, I was so confused. I was like, why do you do this to me? And then I did a payback to my cousin. And it was like, the funny thing is that we had the cake in front of him for his birthday. And then it was my sister, I, my mom, my dad, and my two cousins, like, girls. We all, they were, he was like, okay, stay away from me, stay away from me. And the thing is that we were so ready to it, her mom came back and he, she just smashed his face <laughs> in the cake. And we were like, plato <gasps> es. I love my aunt so much. And then from there on, like, you always have to be careful with your birthdays. Oh. I have never heard of that before. Yeah, that's the thing. It, it's like more common in Monterey, especially okay. really common for us. But I love Mordida. <laughs> I have tried to like cultivate that in my group of friends, <laughs> and it's so much fun seeing them. Like, why do you do this? Are you the only one who does it? Just like everyone's birthday, you're just like time. Yeah. <laughs> yes, <laughs> but I don't regret it. <laughs> oh that's hilarious i love that well uh, thank you so much for being on the podcast today i really appreciate it this has been very fun and informative but yeah thank you thank you for having me it was really a pleasure of course well uh thanks for listening this has been another episode of home plates
For more like this and other great shows covering sports, science, relationships, and the arts, visit the Soundbites website, uwpodcast.com. That's uwpodcast.com.